0: physical so unpredictable here on the SNL network.
1: Yes, that is right. Hello everybody and welcome to the SNL Network's hot take show, our first hot take show in 2022. We ended 2021 with a little bit of a weird SNL episode and it's you know hard to believe that, you know, just everything that's happened over the last month, but I'm so excited to be here with some great guests to break down everything we are going to see and talk about from the first episode of 2022 with Ariana DeBose and musical guest Bleachers. So joining us on this first podcast of 2022, it's Amanda Mitchell. Amanda, how are you?
0: I'm just happy to be alive. I I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to be with all the A's and a J, including Ariana. I'm happy okay. to be here. Yeah, yeah, we
1: really we brought in the A Team tonight. with A Team tonight. Straight, straight up Andrew all and, and Anthony. I yeah, so right. happy that we are <laughs> we are live with the A Team. Uh joining us as well is the great Andrew Haynes. Haynes, how are you? I'm thrilled to be here. First episode of twenty twenty two. Hopefully
2: I, I'm I've got there's wood all over the place. I'm knocking it. I don't want to jinx it, but
1: just praying that this year is a little better than the last couple. So we'll see. Yes, yes, exactly. I really hope so. Um, and then also joining us is the great Anthony Conway. Anthony, how are you doing?
3: I'm good, John. No complaints at all, man. Happy New Year
1: yes very happy new year to all of you and to everybody in the chat who joins us just for these hot take shows happy new year to all of you and i'm very excited to break down what we got to see tonight from our first show with ariana Debose. but before i do that before we get into our hot takes and before we get into the sketches i want to say a couple things number one it's if you this is your first time joining us on the hot take show and maybe you decided this year to check in with us this is how the show works we're going to get through our hot takes talk about our headlines for the episode we're going to go sketch by sketch we'll bring up some of your comments from the episode and then we will give our ratings for the evening so that'll be a little fun thing we do before we break it down later on this week on some of the other podcasts i also want to say uh one of the former cast members a great former cast members and the current um the, the current announcer of the show daryl hammond i believe he had an emergency surgery this week um i just want to say that uh i i heard that he's doing okay uh from everybody at the snl network just want to wish good health to daryl hammond at this time and just uh hope hope you're doing okay daryl so all the best to you all right Let's get into our hot takes that we saw from tonight. And Amanda, I will start with you. What is your headline for the evening?
0: This was one of the blackest episodes of SNL I have ever seen in my entire life. This was a a black episode of SNL. I can't describe it other than that. Like, it it just felt like they just let their black everyone who was black thrive in this episode and and from letting i was wondering who they were going to have play eric adams i live in new york i live in brooklyn so like i've been watching that man terrorize us for months and i'm so happy they let chris red be as absurd as eric adams is like that was such a spot on impression what a black episode of television i just sat through that's all i gotta say that's my headline
1: OK, well, Haynes, I hope you don't mind if I skip you. But Anthony, do you concur? And what is your hot take for this? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I definitely do concur. I definitely agree with Amanda. Uh, yeah, very, very black, very unexpected. I uh, kind of went in with like no real expectations for this and really, really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed all the musical moments. Yeah, unexpected and black. I think that's a good way to describe it.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, Haynes, over to you. What is your headline from the night?
2: I'm just here for the blackness. It was amazing. It was wonderful. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I think the
2: biggest the biggest listen, I don't know if this is a hot take for most people, but it's a very hot take for me. I fear I genuinely dread songologues. I hate the song-a-logs. Mm. Um This one was as good as anyone I've ever seen. I actually Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Most of the time, the songalogs, you know, they bring, I think maybe it was just because typically it's one long song. And so it's kind of the same stupid joke over and over again. This was broken up into a bunch of little bits and they actually had moments to speak and just get those good jokes in there. So I actually, I think for the first time I've ever been on this show, I'm praising the songalog.
1: Okay, that is a very hot take from you, for sure. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. I'm not sure if I felt the same way, but anyways. Um, well, look, it goes hand in hand with what my hot take was for the night because my expected storyline, and we talked about this a lot on the By the Number show earlier in the week, like we started predicting what are we going to see from season 47 b My prediction is we got teased with it in the Billie Eilish episode that Kate McKinnon was going to come back and dominate the second half of the show. And I was wondering if that was going to halt the momentum of what we've seen in the first half of the season. And we definitely saw certain sketches tonight that I would say were very Kate-oriented, so there was that aspect of the show. But for me, uh, I didn't know what Amanda or Anthony or Haynes were going to say coming into the show, but I have to say, tonight to me felt like a Chris Red night of the show. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. just the Eric Adams stuff for me. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into it. But yeah, to me, I felt that Chris Red had probably his most important role ever as an SNL cast member tonight, in addition to the fact that he was putting out just like excellent, excellent work. And uh, that's exciting. There's a whole bunch of SNL cast members that us in the community, you guys in the chat are always telling me, oh, I wish we could see more of. Chris Red is definitely near the top of that list. I'm excited for what we're going to see from Chris in the second half of the season. So what a great way to start off this uh, the second half. So really exciting. Okay, let's get into it. Let's start with our cold open that we saw tonight. And the cold open was a message from the president. We had uh, James Austin Johnson return as Biden. This was the third Biden appearance. We haven't seen this since the Jason Sudeikis and uh, James Austin Johnson co-Bidens uh, together like a, a couple months ago. So it was interesting to see this back. Amanda, I'll start with you. What do you think about our our Spider Man versus Biden cold open that we saw?
0: It was too long. It was too mm-hmm. long. I want. I, I wish it was just a little bit shorter. I got. I got the joke after like the first three minutes, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I get it. Cool." Like everyone has COVID. Everyone would just cool. You know. Um, I, I just thought it was just it was just a missed opportunity for like a first shot back in my opinion, especially after all the things that have gone down in the past months. Like,
1: okay, well, well l- let me push. Let me push back a little bit. So, so what was missing from it that you would have liked to have seen from this cold open?
0: Um, I was about to say jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all of you. Yeah. That's <laughs> not true. Um, it was it, it was funny. I just I wish it was less repetitive and. Okay because it it felt more it was a showcase it was a great it was a great performance impression showcase but like in terms of just it was just too long i wanted just it to be cut back ever so much and you could tell because weekend update was so short later on i felt like that sucked up a solid two extra minutes of the episode that it didn't really need to it got the point was got was understood after a while yeah
1: yeah uh haynes let me head over to you your thoughts on the cold open um, it was okay. There's a few points.
2: Um, one, obviously, you know, we all know how good James Austin Johnson is at impressions. He's amazing. Um, you know, Biden is as good as, um, anything else he's done. Um, and honestly, it's, it's just really great compared to all the other Bidens out there. Um, you know, Dana Carvey has a, has a really good one, but, but this was, I mean, it's just very accurate. Um, I'm kind of with Amanda on the repetitiveness. Um, and it took me a minute to really get where they were going with the Spider Man thing at first. I did not know where they were going with that. I haven't seen Spider Man. Uh, I don't think maybe I don't hang out with enough Marvel uh, people uh, because I just don't, I haven't heard that much about Spider Man lately. I oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I really haven't. I really haven't. I, I, I loved the twist at the end with Pete coming in and bringing in the future Joe Biden. I did think that was very fun. Um, So that was the best part of it to me. Uh, but like Amanda said, you know, this was a very long sketch. And that little bit that ran was what, you know, maybe 90 seconds at the end or something. So it wasn't a, it wasn't it wasn't bad. And I again, I think there was a, a really great impression that it's built around. But the content in the middle wasn't doing a ton for me. Uh, it, it, it ended on an upswing at least.
1: Okay, I just think that what's interesting here is like in the history of presidential impressions on SNL, Saturday Night Live has a history of building characters of their presidents, and we saw that the differences between uh, Jason Sudeikis' Biden and James Austin Johnson's Biden previously in a season. It's interesting to see where they're going with JAJ's Biden over here, where it's they're making him somewhat deranged, and they're using this Spider-Man arc. What's happening in the media is that uh, you know Biden is using Spider-Man as an excuse for everything that's going wrong. So I do feel like there was some. Something here, Anthony, were you with the other two here where you felt like there was, you know, too much going on and maybe not enough uh, explanation of proper Biden?
3: Uh, yeah, I actually agree with both of them. You know, um, watching it by the third time that he mentioned Spider-Man, you're like, OK, I get it. Uh, it's repetitive. Like I kind of can get past this. Like what's happening next? Uh, it was refreshing when Pete pops up. At, like, you know, at the middle of it, I was expecting a Kim K joke to pop up at some point because I feel like that was kind of on everybody's mind and it didn't happen. But that's fine. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of fell apart for the course. Uh, I love James Austin Johnson's uh, impersonation from the first episode. So now, but yeah, about 90 seconds into it, you're just like, okay, what's happening next? What's happening next? Okay, let's just get to the opening monologue, you know? Yes,
1: yes, for sure. And uh, I see uh, Casey in the chat was asking who wrote uh, the cold open, and that was Joe and Shea and Silva wrote the cold open. I think that the biggest thing for me here, I mean, first, I will say this. Um, I did enjoy Pete as as Joe Biden from the real world. I actually felt like that did add something to hear for me. Um, I did feel like the line about the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. Was that for me? <laughs> was that for me? Why was that in there? But that, that was a good one. Yes. Yes. Thank you, SNL, for that. Um, so that, that was uh, that was very funny. But I think that the most glaring thing for me was, is that I, I was watching it and I didn't hate it. But there was something else in the episode, which we made reference to, and we're going to get to it, that really felt like it should have been the cold open. And it's hard not to. I know that's not the way SNL looks at these things, but I, it's hard not to think about what would have happened if that was the cold open. Instead, we'll talk about it as we get through the show. OK, Haynes. Uh, let's go over to our monologue. Tell me, you know, you, you made reference to it. Fight for this. Tell us why this was a great along. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean,
2: in in short, it, you know, like I was saying before, we weren't stuck on, you know, one very long joke, which sometimes if, if I'm not in love with the first, the, you know, the premise of what this whole song is going to be, then it's hard to love every minute of it. Um, and sometimes the song the songs can go a little long. Um, this was broken up into little bits. We got plenty of jokes in between. And um <laughs> I you know, there was some there was there was one part that was kind of weird. Um was was she doing a joke when she said that 20 when she said 2020 instead of um,
1: 2022? I thought that was the, a mistake.
2: Yeah, I, I did too but there was also a thing recently where biden said that like 2020 is going to be like a really good year or something just a few weeks ago so i wondered if that was a this was a reference to that Yeah, spider-man she, on his mind or if she, or if she just or if she just screwed up and i couldn't tell because she didn't correct herself and she didn't you know and if she had corrected herself maybe she would have done it in a way that indicated whether it was a joke or not so i didn't get that um but there were but there were some fun jokes in there i another one that i wasn't 100% uh clear on but i'm guessing i mean kate gave her the bump when she said you know i'm i feel so pretty and gay and then she gave her the bump on the gay so i felt like they were like she was kate was maybe tacking onto that that you know more modern meaning of gay um so so that was a fun thing but i wasn't for sure uh you know sold whether it was supposed to be that reference or not so there's a few things that i was just like missing on but overall um, there were some, you know, there were some fun jokes and at least it wasn't long. Uh, you know, like, like I said, I'd normally hate, uh, song logs And even if I can't articulate it in the most brilliant way at this moment, there was something enjoyable about this. It had a, it had a life to it and it was fun. And, um, I was enjoying it in the moment. I really was. Okay.
3: Uh, Anthony, did you enjoy this at all? I really, really enjoyed it. Um, okay. When Ariana DeBose got announced, um, I was a little surprised. Not that I didn't think she would be capable, but, you know, uh, her coming off of West Side Story and everything, it felt like a move that would happen a little bit later in her career. Um, and for it to happen, I was like, OK, like, cool. And then she comes on and I'm like, she's so charming and she's so fun and she has so much energy. I'm enjoying everything about this. And then some little what Andrew said, like, you know, the sing along starts and you're like, all right, like fine and then you're like i don't hate this though because a incredible singing voice you know really great chemistry with kate mckinnon and yeah by that point i'm like i'm eating out of the palm of her hand i'm like whatever you're selling i'm buying it and i'm strapping it for the next hour so i really really enjoyed having her for the uh, for the opening she was great
1: Yeah, for sure. And our friend Mike Murray in the chat does point out that this is the longest monologue of the season so far, about five minutes and 21 seconds. So uh, very interesting to see. We also have our first cast member in a monologue this entire season. Um, You know, not counting, obviously, what we saw in the Paul Rudd uh, cold opening slash monologue. Um, So that was interesting that they went from this perspective. But really, this felt like, hey, uh, Kate can do a lot of things that uh, that Ariana can do. So let's see what they can do together. Amanda, did you like it?
0: Remember how you said that Chicago Cubs joke was for you? this oh, monologue yeah. was was for me this, <laughs> okay, okay. This, i went to go see west side story at 10 o'clock in the morning by myself because i wanted to sing with my full chest along with every single song like i love i i was singing along with them that's how i so my notes are basically like i was just i, I missed the jokes because i was just singing my heart out um, but i i loved this i also thought when Ariana DeVos was announced, I was like, Lauren Michaels is going to make her sing because he produces Schmigadoon, which she is also on. And there is no way that that's... He's not... I was actually shocked there wasn't more promotion for that because it's a Lauren Michaels project. But regardless, I think she's fantastic. I, thought this, I think this is the perfect, perfect way both to introduce her to the audience to be like, no, this is a woman that you've kind of heard about, but singing songs you definitely know. And then a way to also showcase... I like really feel like Kate pitched this idea and they were like, yeah, just do that. And then it turned out really, really good and really well. And I, I loved this. Like, this is very, this is very charming to me. And yeah, I think she was great.
1: Okay, good. I mean, I'm glad you all like this. I I really like the energy. I think that energy in a monologue is super important for any SNL episode. You'll hear me say that week after week. I go back and I was uh, chatting with our friend Andy Hoagland from Entertainment Weekly before about this specific monologue. And I said, like, you know, when I think of energy and monologues and somebody going out and dancing, I also think I always think of uh, back in the day with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where he was like running and doing flips and, and breaking through walls and stuff like that. And that's when I think that really works when the host just like shows off. And I do feel like we got to see Ariana show off a little bit here. I think the Kate McKinnon stuff didn't necessarily play as well for me I loved the one line that she said where she was like they know I dance and I just <laughs> felt like that was that was it that was that was the one right there where it, it was, was like, the be- that was the best line yeah that was the best line for me. So I felt like there was something there. Uh, I don't know if this fully hit for me, but I, I totally respect where everybody's like, oh, I, I love this particular version of a song a uh, I will bring up a couple uh, comments from our chat. Uh, our friend John Ananias says, I read the 2020 line as a joke. Delivery could have been clearer, but I'm not the only one who feels like this is the third take of 2020. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. for sure. Um, a lot of things uh, in the chat, our friend Carlos says, uh, I think Ariana killed it overall. And and really great to you know, just see you know what you want to see from a host, especially first time host is how they show off their chops. And you really got that in this monologue to start. So uh, great on Ariana to do that there. Okay, let's get into our sketches. We got the NBA on TNT and Anthony, I'll start with you on this one. I mean, I didn't know where they were going to go. I was trying to think through my head. I was racking through all the NBA storylines that were happening right now. Um, and this was, this was took a little bit of a turn that I didn't expect. What'd you think of it?
3: I loved it. I'm a huge basketball fan. So watching basketball through December was Interesting, to say the least, because it was like every other week, like, you know, half of the team would be out with COVID. And it's like, well, we're still going to play. And it's like, you're going to play with seven people for an entire game. Insane. But, you know, the fact that, like SNL like wrapped that into it was dope. Uh, I was really, really impressed by Alex Moffitt, Alex Moffitt's Ernie Johnson. I thought that he actually did a really great job with that. Bowen um, yeah. Yang, obviously, whenever they give him an opportunity to do anything like again, I'm like right there for it. And his Yao Ming was really, really dope um and uh yeah i really really enjoyed it throughout i thought it was a really sharp sketch i thought it was really really funny and yeah no notes i thought it was dope
1: yeah for sure uh the the bowen as Yao Ming thing i was first i was just like oh okay like i guess they like i could i don't know why they couldn't find somebody to play Shaq, and they were like it, i don't know I, it felt like a little bit weird but then he just played it so funny like he was bowen was so funny in this haynes what were your thoughts well bowen kind of stole the Stole the sketch,
2: I think like he, you know, it, it, especially when he was giving those one word answers and they're just so like cold and robotic. It was very hilarious to me. He, he came off kind of um, well, he was portraying Yao Ming a little bit like Lurch from, uh, you know, from um, the, not the Adam say the, the Munsters. Um, so it had kind of that vibe. Uh, to me, it was all about the prosthetic hand, that giant hand that came in at the end um, on Keenan's head was very funny. But like Anthony mentioned, my very first note was, wow, that's a spot on Ernie Johnson. Yeah, that was very good. Um, and so this sketch didn't like blow me away or anything. I, you know, it's just kind of okay for me, But um, but those were the highlights for me.
1: Yeah. Ernie Johnson previously played by uh, Bill Hader a couple times and Beck Bennett previously to, uh, after that. So, um, yeah, th- there was all of that. Uh, Amanda, are you a basketball fan? What do you think of the NBA on TNT here?
0: I'm wearing ostrich feathers right now. Do you think I'm a basketball fan? I wanted to ask. Jonathan, Jonathan. <laughs> i'm I'm so sorry i i I know i can name off the top of my head maybe like seven basketball players which is impressive for me um i do appreciate their costumes though i will say that love the basketball costumes but (laughs) anyway i for but i did I do know who Yao Ming was, so I did appreciate this sketch because I thought that was one of the funniest sight gags that this show has had in a very long time. I laughed at that every time they cut to Bowen and that just like that long torso, I it, it would send me it sent me into conniptions. Like I would, I was like, and ninety percent of the joke, like I did not know they were having NBA during these times. I just learned that. It makes this whole sketch even funnier to me, but. I also love the fact that they decided to do two height jokes in the same sketch. Cause they had the one with, with, of course with Bowen, but they also had the one later on with, Mm -hmm. um, with Heidi Gardner. And I was like, and now like, looking back, I'm like, Oh, they had to really double down on all the NBA height things because what else it's low hanging fruit. Um, But I I mean, not, I I laughed, I'll say that, I laughed. I thought there were parts of this that I laughed even if I didn't understand the full context, which is enough for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, the irony is that, like, in, in future years, people are going to look back on COVID times and remember how the NBA and COVID were kind of intertwined in terms of the fact that when the NBA shut down, that's when a, a lot of things shut down from COVID in March of 2020. So I think that it's certainly a, a, an interesting perspective to take on what's happening now with Omicron. Uh, it's sort of like kind of what happened with SNL during the Rudd episode. I mean, everything shut down and they brought in all these other people. Uh, we didn't get Mikey Day and uh, as, as the basketball player JJ JHA, as Dougie McCormick coming in to help with the Paul Rudd episode, but, uh, I do think that there was some parallels over here. Um, I would say biggest missed opportunity of the night. And again, on these shows, I always get a little bit meta. I mean, there was an opportunity here to put Heidi Gardner as John Wozniak, uh, Michael Jordan's security guard in as one of the players here <laughs> and missed opportunity SNL to not reference, uh, her last dance character, even though I don't believe John Wozniak is, <laughs> no, I don't believe he's, no, he's with us anymore. Um, but I will say I was thinking about that throughout. Um, i will point out a couple uh comments from the chat we have our friend casey killingsworth who says keenan and bowen made this for him with some assists pun intended from heidi mikey ariana alex kyle and chris um our friend Alice mitchell in the chat said uh, during dress rehearsal this is true this was in the second half and then i uh, brought you know towards the front of the show as uh as so it must have played pretty well so um you know good start to the show this is a streeter sidale and dan bula piece okay i will just can yeah can i, I ahead, can ahead. i toss
2: in a couple yeah. things I course, did yeah. get I did get a really uh, strong laugh for some reason out of Mikey's line when he said, so I've learned that basketball is an impossible sport played by gods <laughs> and something else. Um, but I loved the idea, the concept that Yao uh, just eats whole pumpkins. Uh, that was really funny to me. With I, the I,
0: stem. I,
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was a funny bit. <laughs> Very odd. Very
1: odd choice. <laughs> okay. Then we have to talk about this gritty sitcom reboot trailer. And wow, I have to tell you, um, maybe this is my hot take, but I actually think that this Chris Redd performance was possibly my favorite from the night. I mean, I just absolutely loved what I saw here. Uh, I've known about Bel Air. I mean, I was a Fresh Parents fan. Um, and then uh, I had a lot of questions and I've had the same thought. And then they, the fact that they went with this family matters angle. Um, very interesting perspective here. Amanda, let me get your thoughts on
0: it. So a fun fact about me is that Urkel terrifies me. Like I—that's—I—I I don't know why, but ever since I was a child watching Family Matters, like literally, like Stephen Urkel scared the bejesus Stefan out of me. Stefan
1: Urkel. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm so see I can't even get his name right because I'm so traumatized. But like so like this 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 hit to a dark part of my trauma, like trauma and comedy. Like come where they meet together, and I was crying, laughing. This was so good. Chris was perfect. When I just heard the opening notes of the Family Matters theme song, I wouldn't know they're not doing this because also I would watch this show. I would absolutely watch this show, and I hope. Oh, me too. But like I, I thought this was perfect, and um, yeah. And think I think it was perfect, and I think it was spot on for like just the the you know reboot. Fatigue. I was watching some Peacocks. so I was getting all the commercials first. Saved by the Bell, and I was like, "Oh, wow, I'm I'm exhausted. There's too much TV and too many characters I, I think about that I didn't know I had to care about again." I'm talking about Sex and the City, um, but I, I I really loved this. And this again, when I, when I said this is a very black episode of television, Family Matters is such a black television show, and this was just when I was like, "Oh, they're going in hard." on references that aren't for everyone here. And I really appreciated this, like on a writer's yes. level in general, yeah.
1: There was one reference though, that they were missing. And I, I will wait, I'll wait till we all get through, it, but then I'll tell you guys. Uh, Anthony,
3: were you a Family Matters guy? Huge, huge Family Matters fan. TGIF, like come on, man. But also like being in Chicago, like I constantly like, you know, joke about the fact that like Carl Winslow, there's no way that that man was patrolling and protecting the streets of the South Side of Chicago. Like there's no way. Um, and on top of it, too, uh, I actually have been watching some of the uh, screeners for Bel Air for work. So, like, this has been, like, top of mind. So when it popped up, I was like, oh, this is gold. This is perfect. This is for me. Um, it was spot on. It was so, so good. I thought that Keenan's Carl Winslow was really, really good, really sharp. Like you said, too, Chris Red's Urkel was also really, really spot on. Um, but, no, it just came out of nowhere. It was totally unexpected. But it hit every single mark for me. I loved it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Haynes. Like, what a night for Chris Redd. We were we were talking on the Buy the Number show earlier in the week about how he uh, underratedly is just dominating these pre-tapes this season, and it's just another like home run, in my opinion. It was a huge, huge, huge night. And like you said, you know, with the Eric, you mentioned the
2: Eric Adams Adams thing might might have been his, you know, most uh, prominent role or most important role so far, you know, in in his history. I mean, it was just. It was, it was awesome. And it was fun and it was dominating, I mean, he, you know, there are obviously people are asking questions, but it was almost, you know, a monologue from him. He's just talking, talking, talking the whole time. So not to, you know, go back to that sketch too much. Uh, but this one was easily my favorite of the night. This was by far my favorite of the night. It reminded me uh, with the vibe very much of the um, Joker, Oscar, the Grouch spoof, um, which was very fun, and I loved that and thought that was brilliant as well. The you know, just taking just on the these,
1: David uh, Harbor episode, I believe
2: yes, exactly. yeah. So taking these you know, these these funny things that we grew up with and then turning them in this dramatic fashion, it, I don't know why it gets such a rise out of me, but I was a huge, huge family matters fan, and i I admit I'm learning about the world. Right now, I did not know it was. I did not know it was like a, a a black show, or like or like or like not for everyone. I was so into Family Matters. No one told me, and uh, and and I just loved. I love I love I loved Urkel, and I loved him as Stefan Urkel. I loved that version of himself. Um, and so, to me, this was just top to bottom. You can't get any better than this. Um, they've really been crushing the pre this year. Like it, it just. I, so many of my favorite sketches uh this year have been pre-tapes it's really kind of blowing me away um so this was as good as it gets
1: a hundred percent and I'll, I'll just read out some stuff in the chat i mean jillian cedarholm our friend from entertainment weekly says uh, loved uh it's saturday night says i love this roller coaster rider says john this was my favorite sketch of the night ike moore says i knew this was going to be family matters from the moments the piano began mm-hmm. and i will just say uh for me uh, there was one thing that was missing again, and it was just that uh, the reference to Judy Winslow disappearing and walking up the stairs and never to be seen again. Where was that? That was like the most famous Family Matters thing there is. Amanda, am I right?
0: Honestly, if they had added that, I wouldn't have been able to record this because I would have died. I would have yes. collapsed. Like you, I would. You would have been like Amanda. Where are you? Been like I'm sorry. They killed me. SNL killed me tonight. So. Yeah, 100. And that.
1: yes, for those for those who haven't watched Family Matters, uh, very famous that they just randomly sent one of the daughters upstairs, and she was just never <laughs> to be seen again, written out of the show. So, um, would have loved to have seen a reference to that. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next sketch. This is the Winter Formal, otherwise known as Ron and Don's Formal Emporium, and this is our please don't destroy written sketch of the night. So Haynes, I'll start with you on this one. What were your thoughts on Winter Formal? uh i thought this was pretty funny i would say yeah i mean it it was it
2: was one of the ones i enjoyed a lot throughout the night um you know it I, i think sarah sherman has been really fun in everything she's been in i just think um i don't know that we've seen a ton of ton of range from her so far but she definitely pops um and i just i just think that uh that that she's been really good in the stuff we've seen her in it's you know, I haven't mentioned so far, but this was kind of one of my main notes on the show is, you know, it was a huge night for Chris Redd, Um, but Andrew Dismukes was in a ton of sketches. And even though he wasn't always like super lead prominent, he had significant lines. You know, he wasn't just standing in the background. So I felt like this was a really big night for Andrew Dismukes. Um, and this was definitely one where he really did get to shine. Um, It really, he became the punching bag kind of throughout this uh, sketch you know it, it starts out you know with them saying you know that uh you know they, they can you can rent their son uh you know donovan as a date uh basically who won't try anything you know take our son donovan who won't even know where to start
1: um and uh and then of course um you know mentioning he's the kind of i, I think hey I, I think they said your daughter is guaranteed to remain unpenetrated i think that was the yeah, line yes that's, <laughs> yes that was definitely a line yes um and uh, you know, and
2: they said he's he's one of those kids who has like one computer and two friends. And I really loved his delivery of shout out Scotty and Gavin. Um, and uh, so this was this was really I I think it's very you know it was a fun idea the um, the concept that he goes nuts uh, like for the song Get Low. Um, <laughs> but, <Yeah>. um,
1: <laughs> and I think this Mukes was playing that at one point during the TikTok uh, the TikTok pre tape that they did in the Billie Eilish episode as well. Oh, was it? um, yeah, so, so did a lot two thousand songs,
2: yeah, so this was so I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, I also really liked his line,, uh, you know, where um, so oh, someone was telling a story about, about he was wearing this Los Pollos shirt and he's like, I told you a million times <laughs> this is the restaurant for breaking bad. Like he's just such a great nerd and he's so um he embodies that that nerddom so well. So so just really nailing that character. Um in fact, actually, so maybe it's just part of his core. Um, I think during the Eric Adams sketch, doesn't Eric Adams call on him as the nerd or something like that? Doesn't oh, he say okay. like um so uh, so this was. I really enjoyed the sketch. Andrew Dismukes really shined. Um, Pete, you know, is it, it was funny, and, um, but I thought Sarah Sherman really popped. But obviously, this this sketch was for um, was for Andrew Dismukes, and he did a great job.
1: Yeah, I mean, Amanda, I've been thinking. Maybe this sounds weird. Don't 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 pull this sound clip from the podcast. But I've been thinking about Andrew Dismukes' lips since the since the moment I saw him. <laughs>
0: same they have mm, I'm, I'm disturbed i okay okay I didn't
2: you I, all know didn't you all know a kid like that yes. that just like always had stuff on his lips what,
0: how, yes 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 it's one. i've been re-watching happy endings there's an amazing episode um where one of the one of the characters bosses always has food in his face and he doesn't know how to tell him and trust me i, I think of this concept all the time i i Okay, I loved this sketch, but I didn't love it as much as other ones. It was probably lower in my, my ranking this episode, but not because it was a bad sketch, just because I just kind of forgot about it. And you know I forget about things. I have like ADHD. <laughs> um, but, like, I I thought, yeah, Andrew Dismukes is he, – he just did such good physical comedy here and just let, like, the narration kind of just tell the story for him. And he's kind of to be exist to be miserable, but also I lose my mind to get low, so I want to go on a date with Donovan. So, just okay.
1: if you yeah, if you can, ha- if you can handle the lips, so <laughs> no problem. All right, Anthony,
3: what do you think of this? <laughs> nah, Andrew definitely hit like a lot of it. Um, ultimately, I feel like you know this is it's Andrew dismukes like you know his back has to hurt. He carried that entire sketch. He was hilarious. I know so many of those white guys that I went to high school and college with, where when get low comes on. It's like, that's like their spinach to Popeye and they just like come alive in a whole different way. And I'm like, yeah, like I totally noticed, dude. Um, and also I have to note too, uh, again, Ariana DuBose really like, you know, popping into the date, loved her. And didn't mention this like, you know, in the previous sketch with Family Matters, seeing her vocal work throughout the entire night with each individual character was so much fun. They all were different. They all were differentiated. This was uh, very different than the character that she did to playing Urkel's mom. Uh, Fun seeing her pop up and just carry her on throughout, but not. I was Andrew Dismukes' sketch. He crushed that.
1: Yeah. And our friend Casey in the chat points out that there was a lot of uh very similar uh Pete to Sandler vibes in this one. I totally agree. Uh with the with the Sarah stuff, uh I really felt like it was very similar to that
0: thing's going right in the trash.
1: <laughs> and that, that I got those vibes. So uh yeah, our friend Nigel in the chat also says, uh, you know, a lot of 10 to 1 vibes. We may have had three sketches of the nights that were <laughs> that were 10 to ones from here. Um uh, look, I, I i agree. I think there was better things from this from this evening. Uh, Um, I, I don't know. I I am happy to see that Sarah got a good role for the start of the second half of the season. So that was exciting for me, but, um, I think please don't destroy has written probably some stronger stuff, uh, this season so far. Um, but I do really want to talk about our next sketch, which is, uh, Eric Adams press conference and Anthony, I'll start with you on this one. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I made the take that, you know, I did actually think that the family matters thing for, for Chris was my favorite of the night, but, Huge role for Chris here. I think his most important role he's had since he's become a cast member on the show, just like a really well-defined role. And uh, the, the wordplay on, on him, just outstanding.
3: Totally, totally agree. Um, you know, again, uh, being here in Chicago, getting to see him, like, you know, come through from doing improv and doing stand-ups and then landing on SNL. Like, you know, he's been like a hometown hero here. So it's been really great watching him like, you know, continue to get like, you know, better, getting our opportunities on the show, getting his opportunity to be on Keenan. And tonight really did feel like, you know, the opportunity where it's like, oh, he's really sinking his teeth into some really dope character work. Uh, Andrew, I think you mentioned it earlier. It felt like, you know, like a monologue, like, you know, it's like he had this entire thing prepared, just like, you know, small moments in between. Um, A lot of great moments with him and Ariana DuBose, again, really great chemistry of them playing off of each other. Um, was not necessarily my favorite sketch because of the fact that it did feel like more of like a monologue than it did like a typical sketch. However, um, really, really fun to see something being given to him that felt like, you know, something he can kind of hang his hat on for probably the season, probably coming back as like, you know, a recurring character that he'll get to do later on a really dope thing that will mean a lot to a lot of like, you know, New Yorkers that they've gotten to seeing Eric Adams and him being the first mayor with swag and the first one to wear a hoodie after he gets elected um no it's a really really great opportunity and you know as a fan of chris red i could not be happier for him for that
1: amanda i could just i feel the facial expressions so tell us what you thought
0: okay this this it wasn't my favorite sketch of the night it was probably it was in my top three for sure because i i love chris red i've talked on this podcast before about how much i love pop star never stop never stopping which is like the movie that he did before he got snl which i remind people that it's like wilds if you think about that um I love him so much. I think his impression of Eric Adams, wh- I was like, oh, this is only going to develop further and become so much more curated, but he's already created this character, which is not far off from a real thing. Um, but like, it, it's it's just, I mean, I hope Chris Redd makes merch with the word swag on it. I just hope that like becomes a thing for them and for him. Um, I think... I got, uh when we talked, uh Anthony mentioned Ariana DeBose's voice work in this episode. This this was the strongest accent impression work that she did all night. It was incredible. This was this was a character. Like this was, I know this woman. Like this this woman exists. And, and yeah, all of this things, but it was it was a little too monologue. It was again a little bit too long for me, just a little bit. Um, but I think in general, I'm I'm just so happy to see Chris Redd have his finally get his recurring, you know, and finally get that moment where he can just be that character over and over again. And can't wait to see the Eric Adams of 2024, I guess, for when Chris Redd is playing him because it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. For sure, um, uh, Ken says in the chat, uh, Chris's best sketch performance so far of his entire run. Um, yeah, I have to, I have to agree. Really, uh, that's that's my initial impression. Uh, Michael Riccardi in the chat says, um, extremely New York. So I loved it. Red's performance, I think, sold it west of the Hudson, though. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Haynes, I just, I, I, felt like the, like I said, the wordplay. It was like Lin Manuel Miranda esque. The stuff that he was doing at such a fast pace.
2: It was great. You're right. It was it was fast place, uh, fast paced, great wordplay, and anybody who knows me knows that I love roasts. And he basically was just like roasting everyone the whole time. Like all these re- reporters would be trying to ask questions, and he would he kept calling them you know derogatory names. He called Heidi Princess Peach, and he called uh, Bowen like Weird M&M. Um, I think you know he called Dismukes the nerd, and um, he called somebody Nut Nut. <laughs> It's like somebody was like, thank you, nut nut. (laughs) um, um, So I, I, oh yeah. And even, uh, and even Ariana got in on it at one point, she like, you know, I think maybe it was Mikey tried to ask a second question and she jumped on and was like, can I ask you a second question? That's how you sound. And I I love, uh, I just love like those type of uh, roasts and like burn jokes. Um, So this was very fun to me. Um, Yeah. You know, like someone like, like everyone else is kind of, said so far you know i don't know if it was the best sketch of the night but um but it was pretty fun i i enjoyed uh yeah i enjoyed it
1: for yeah those reasons. and um exactly and mike murray in the chat says uh fourth longest sketch of the season so um interesting that it was a long sketch but it worked for a lot of people uh okay so we get to weekend update so uh interesting cuts from weekend update we had heidi gardner cut from weekend update this week we had pete davidson cut from a weekend update this week and given how much pete we've seen this season that's a little bit of a surprising choice i don't know what he was uh, planning on doing but if somebody in the chat was addressed and saw pete let us know what uh, what pete was doing on weekend update uh but we got to see chloe Feynman come in as elmo with her feud with the pet rock Rocco. okay amanda anything here
0: so i i followed the Rocco versus elmo feud deep I I was I was enthralled I need I love other people's drama so this was my exactly my you know and also I think Rocco knows what Rocco did so like I don't think Rocco need to need to explain Rocco knows what Rocco did but um in terms again another one of those things where I was like when weekend update ended after this I was like oh that's that's it that feels like a weird that feels like a like a very niche topical even for weekend update you know and I love when we get up to get niche and all that stuff. Um, I just... I'm going to talk about Chloe Feynman's Elmo impression for a bit because it wasn't great. I wish it was so much better. And I think if you're going to do an Elmo impression, you have to do it big. Because I fully expected Elmo to show up. I was expecting real-life Elmo because they've gotten Big Bird. Why can't they get Elmo? He's not doing anything. He's living in the Bronx. And so... But, like, I... I just think I wish it was, I don't know. I wish this was stronger. I, th- I also think because yeah. we we get up until here was so great. Nonstop back to back the most I've loved Colin and Michael in a long time on camera. And so this was just like a weird. Wah, wah. Like it was like, I know my mom was going to text me tomorrow and be like, what's going on with Elmo. And I'm going to be like, that's how I know. It's not, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't work in the way that I think they wanted it to. This is a very niche episode, in general.
1: For sure. I mean, Haynes, I would have bet everything I own that Chloe. When I heard that Chloe was going to be on update tonight, that she was going to do Britney Spears, I'm I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, 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 right. And 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 like part of kind of my character, like as who I am as a person, like in the world and the way I present myself is like I um, I take like a certain amount of pride in like not following a ton of pop culture stuff. I'm super into SNL, but I like don't I like take some sort of pride i don't know why and like not keeping up with this kind of stuff like britney spears and everything she's got going on but even i've been hearing like all about britney you know and so that's a great point um we haven't seen we didn't see a lot of chloe this episode um like amanda said it did feel very cut off to me it was clear that um there was maybe some other stuff that um you know was going to be another character that was going to be on And I'm surprised that they went with this one because I didn't think it was particularly strong. Um, I do slightly disagree with Amanda in that I thought the Elmo impression was pretty good. I thought the Elmo impression was pretty good, but um, I just wasn't head over heels in love with this. Now, I did think um, that Weekend Update was pretty. You know, pretty solid overall. They still had plenty of like good jokes. You know, the um, Pope talking about how vaccinations are moral because how closely priests work with kids, and um, you know, the uh, when Che made the joke about uh, you know my Angelou on the quarter. This is not what we meant when we demand change. You know, um, and uh, and and the jefferson davis thing to open it up like this is all very funny to me um so so they still have plenty of great weekend update jokes and weekend update um you know is one of my favorite uh if if not perhaps my favorite component of snl because i just love like fast straight jokes um but i i didn't i didn't love the elmo thing
3: um so yeah that's yeah
1: okay anthony were you higher on the elmo thing
3: um, I thought that it was as best as they could have possibly done for a sketch on SNL and um, Chloe's defense of the impersonation. I didn't want to hear a perfect impersonation of Elmo. I liked the subtle winks to it of like, you know, he doesn't have control over his arms. You know, she has the inflection of his voice and like, you know, doing certain things. And if you've watched like, you know, the video of him getting really upset, of Rocco getting the cookie that he wants. That's the exact same cadence in everything that he says it in. So I'm like, it didn't have to be perfect. It was just within like, you know, the ballpark that I was like, this is fine. And again, it's like, you're not going to do it in a way that's going to necessarily like, you know, like recreate the wheel here. Like we've been watching this for the past three weeks. So it's like a joke would have sufficed. The fact that they went for the full impression, go for it. And I thought that they kind of hit that one well. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have any issue with it. I thought that it was fine. It was as good as it was possibly going to be um but overall you know i did really enjoy weekend update it's always great when they come back from the uh, holidays because they have a lot of a lot of material to like you know pick and choose from uh the uh joke about this is not what black people meant when they said they demand change was one of the <laughs> funniest things of the entire night the delivery everything was spot on um so yeah no issues with the amo um, overall um and i thought the weekend update was solid yeah,
1: for sure. Um, so, uh, for me, I, I agree. I, I, I didn't necessarily love this, but I did love seeing Chloe Feynman on Weekend Update. I think in a in a night where we didn't have Cecily obviously out during doing her one woman show, um, Adi and Punky, I don't believe were in the building. Um, so, I think you know opportunities for people like Sarah Sherman and for Chloe Feynman, and to get see them get these roles, I think are super important to their growth and development as SNL cast members overall. So nice to see them get the opportunities, definitely. Um, I will say for the Pete Davidson thing, he, uh, from our friend Ellis Mitchell in the Shadow, I believe was at dress rehearsal, said that Pete talked about the great resignation with references to Andrew Como. Um, so that was that was interesting. Would have been interesting to see. I wonder if that ends up on YouTube. We also have Heidi Gardner, who was going to do another edition of Kelly Party. So those are the two things that were cut from um, for Weekend Update this week. All right, Can let's I talk say about one it. One more
0: thing about Weekend course, Update, yeah. though. My favorite, because my, I loved that change, that Black People Asking for Change joke. That was truly, I, I cried. But I also loved the throw from the uh, lesbian bar giving COVID tests to the Taco Bell joke <laughs> to the monthly, like when, when Colin was just like, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. And he was just like, he was like, and I was like, that's, that's a really good like it's a joke that only he could say in that moment and I was like yeah, that's a good that's a good joke for the ladies for the women okay for sure so, for women only.
1: Yeah, as somebody who has to make very awkward transitions sometimes <laughs> on these podcasts, I certainly I, I understand where you're coming from, Colin. But uh, I will say, uh, I have to point out, big applause for Colin Jost tonight, obviously, who was not there uh, you know, for the Christmas show and had Tina Fey replace him. So that was cool to see. I know he gets ripped on a lot, but it was nice that he got some, some nice applause for being back in the building and back with Che. Um, okay, let's talk about what we saw from After a Weekend Update. And we'll start with this new governess sketch where we had a Sound of Music parody, uh, one of many that SNL has done over the years. Uh, with Kate McKinnon returning as Julie Andrews we had Chris Andrew Chloe Sarah and Bowen as the kids all singing new versions of Dore me by Ariana who came in as the new governess okay so Haynes I'll start with you on this one what were your thoughts
2: uh, it, it was it was okay you know it, it looked you know it was produced well they put a lot into it you know the costumes and the dancing and the singing and everything it just didn't have a ton of jokes like that made me laugh out loud or anything um, you know, Doe, a thing that Homer says when he's mad. That's funny. And I, listen, they, they had a handful of them. You know, and not Fah,
1: J.J.'s child, Homer, Homer Simpson. Right, right,
2: right, 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 yeah. right. Um, and um, what else? You know, fa a fart without the t. Ray Romano, everybody loves him or something. I mean, these <laughs> are they're, you know they're kind they're kind of funny. Um, but uh, but to me, it was just a handful of you know mostly mediocre jokes. Um. I just, I don't have a ton to say about this one. I didn't hate anything about it. You know, I wasn't like angry that I was watching it. I just wasn't inspired and it never really uplifted me at any point. There, I I do like dark humor and I like that, you know, this is the first time, you know, I think Bowen yelled like, Greta spoke for the first time since our mother's (laughs) gruesome death or something. So that was kind of funny. um, But yeah, I, I wasn't in love with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Underrated eye for Bowen. I, I, did, I did like a lot from him tonight. Uh,
3: Anthony, what about you? Uh, similarly, I thought that it was fine. Um, you know, I smiled. I didn't necessarily laugh out loud, uh, but I do have to preface by saying I've never seen The Sound of Music. Um, so it didn't necessarily like land for me because I didn't catch the references. But um, yeah, even so, I just kind of felt like, you know, this is fine. This is cool. This is cute, but not necessarily like, you know, the funniest moment of the entire show.
1: Yeah, for sure. Our friend Julian chat says she doesn't understand how these how these sketches of the sound of music always are recurring. And I, I don't get it either. I don't know. But it seems like they 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 want to play with this a lot and the concept doesn't always play. So Amanda, what do you think of it?
0: Again, I I, I love the sound of music. So um I really do. Me too. My my mom's
1: favorite movie, but I just don't, I just, yeah, I'm like, I was waiting for something that like did something crazy with it. And I didn't
0: know. And okay. I, I sometimes when I watch SNL sketches, I wonder, I'm like, what was the original joke here? What was the first thing? And to me, it was the Queen Latifah joke. Like that, the building on the La Tifa joke, that was to me, I was like, oh, they came up with that and wrote an entire sketch around it. And, and, and it was a,
2: and it's a legit good point. It's so it would be a great, great word. It's
0: yeah. a <laughs> great joke. And it's like the like like law, the note that follows so like that's actually that made me laugh very hard. That's I was like, yeah, they did get really lazy with that line even in the <laughs> musical. It's um, great commentary. It's a yeah. And I I just wish I, I feel like this this was the one they swapped the NBA sketch with. I feel like this was it's meant to be the top of the episode. And it, I'm glad it wasn't because it was not as strong. It would not have been strong at the top of the episode. It's barely strong to a post-weekend update. Um, I, j- I don't know. It was a very there sketch. That's also yeah. that. It was very. I mean, bad. I
1: can tell you that in the original dress rundown, this was prior to weekend update. So, yeah. uh, yeah, should, that is, I'm
0: glad it
1: wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is uh, that that is interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, our friend Rusty in the chat says, "Why is the sound of music so present in SNL lore?" I, I wonder the <laughs> same thing. But, gay men, uh, gay, men
0: yes. women, gay men and women, guys, gay men and women. and also the curtain jokes got
1: it come on yeah okay well speaking of gay men and women let's talk about the sappho sketch so this is transitions amanda Um, easy transition (laughs) easy (laughs) transition i did it i did it um okay all right so um this is we get to see ariana and kate again together as a duo here um you know translating greek mythology um and uh, anthony let me ask you what did you think of sappho
3: This one didn't do it for me, if I'm being totally honest. Um, They have great chemistry. It was really fun watching uh, Ariana and Kate again, like, you know, riffing off of each other. But I don't know. Um, I just didn't really love this one. Um, It was very, very quick, which I did appreciate because there's nothing worse than like when you don't connect or like, you know, something doesn't resonate and it goes a little bit too long for your liking. Um, But nah, this one, I it wasn't for me. This one just wasn't for me. Okay, Matt, it was this for you.
0: I mean No. <laughs> like <Okay>. I, I <laughs> Okay, I really wanted it to be because I love queer content on SNL. I love when they make really deeply jokes that are just like for queer people, and this was I felt like a sketch for queer people. Um, and I was like, I was like, I, I get it, but it was like just another sketch where I was like, mm, the joke's done in like three bits. Like it, it's, there's, it doesn't need to be as long or as extended as it was. And in this case, yeah, it was just fine. You know, I was just, I was a little i think for these two powerhouses they deserve more than this how about that
1: yeah and I think, Haynes, I think what we talk about on on, you know, the SNL network a lot, whether it's in the roundtables, the hot take shows, we talk about escalation and how they do escalation mm-hmm. in certain sketches. And I think that what happened here in this sketch was we saw, you know, we broke up Helena, Please get your sandals out of here. And that gave me like mm-hmm. a really good laugh. Right. And then I was waiting for the extra es- escalation over here. And I don't know that we got it. So did you end up enjoying this one? Because for me, I, I had moments here. I just don't know if it went all the way to where I wanted it to go.
2: I I thought it was pretty fun, but it was, you know, it was nowhere. I mean, it was definitely toward the bottom of the list for me. Um, I basically agree with kind of what everyone else has said so far. Um, it, I Like you said, the escalation didn't exactly go anywhere. It was, you know, it was kind of the same joke over and over again. Um, but it is fun to, you know, touch on, you know, kind of these, you know, like fun stuff you know, you know, t- t- I don't know. if I, Yeah. So it, it just, you know, her saying that, you know, we're maxed out on dogs and then like, you know, it's been hell living with you. Uh, or it's been hell knowing you for, you know, a month, but please move in with me. And then like, and now you have live with me for three weeks and it's been total hell, but please marry me. Um, so I know there are a lot of jokes about, um, you know, about lesbians, uh, you know, always like wanting to like move in quickly and stuff. That's a joke that like Kate's made before and stuff. And so th- these were, it seemed like they touched on a lot of those like classic um, jokes. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed laughing with them. Uh, but you're right. There wasn't a ton of escalation. Um, and the very end really is the part that fell the flattest for me when um when Mikey started to step in, and um I just didn't feel like a big bang at the end, you know like even if there's not a lot of escalation, at least give me like one good one to end on and i didn't I didn't get a great one to end on, so um
3: I wasn't in love with it, but you know, I got a few chuckles agreed there, yeah. Andrew, where I did feel like that was where it was going to escalate, and I was like, okay, like maybe this is where it lands, and then it just done and i was like wait that huh yeah so no not yeah thank you for pointing that out (laughs) yeah for sure
1: okay let's get to our last sketch of the night which is kitchen staff and uh yeah this this was interesting we saw ariana and james austin johnson and heidi as the manager uh with a lot of lure uh andrew Desmukes as a kitchen staff and alex Moffat in this one okay let's wrap it up amanda what do you think of our final sketch of the night
0: I don't understand what this was. <laughs> I don't. And like, I I love I love a ten to one. I love like the last weird. This one, I, it was just not not for me. Like, if especially after all of the greatness that came with this episode, this just felt like they had some really niche sketches this week. But this one felt like it was for like three people, and I was not one of them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, Haynes. the second half of the episode was a little bit weaker than what we usually see, so i'm su- I'm surprised,
2: yeah, um, I actually you know I- I'm watching this episode, and I'm you know i'm I'm making a few notes, and I had actually written least favorite beside the Elmo bit, um, and then this happened so <laughs> um i I just I wasn't in love with the sketch. I do think I wonder, um. How much of this, you know, they made, a. they're obviously referencing Texarkana a lot. And I feel like I've heard Andrew Dismukes do that type of kind of accent that they used in this, like in other sketches. And I wonder, you know, how much of of that um, just comes from like Andrew's personal experience and stuff. And so maybe this is really personal and fun for him and good for him. He had a great night. But um yeah it just it just wasn't it just wasn't i don't know it just wasn't that funny to me
1: yeah um i would love to know from the chat i mean if there are people that like the sketch i mean i, I didn't hate it i just didn't like get a lot from it so i would love to know if there are people in the chat who felt otherwise for sure because there were there were i think moments in the second half of the episode but i don't know if any individual sketch uh like the quality compared to some of the stuff we saw in the first half of the episode anthony how do you feel about kitchen stuff?
3: Uh, did not do it for me. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of sketches where it's like, we're just kind of like, you know, writing the joke of how like, you know, things sound and just kind of making noises. And yeah, it's like the whole time I'm like waiting for the joke. And I kind of felt like I wasn't in on something. I was like, wait, is there something that happens with Texarkana that like, I should be more familiar with? Is this like a regional thing where everybody sounds like this? I've never heard this before. Um, yeah. And on top of it, too, it's like you had such a great uh ensemble for the end of it that I was like, this could have really been something interesting and something fun. So for that to be the last sketch of the night, it was just like, oh, I'm kind of like let down because I felt like a lot of the pieces were there. And I'm just like, what, what was I supposed to get that? I just didn't.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I do see some people in the in the chat who did enjoy the second half of the episode. So I just want to say, like, uh, point out to them, I think Ken said it, definitely liked the second half. Um, Rusty said he liked the second half as well. So yeah, I mean, if you guys liked it, that, that is really great. Um, I do feel probably out of the three in the second half, I think Sappho was probably my favorite of those three, but I would love to re-explore these oftentimes as you get into the later half of the episode. And obviously we're doing this live, uh, you know, don't always have the same reactions on Saturday versus Monday, but we'll talk through it as we get through to the end of the week. Um, I'll, I'm also going to say, again, I know we don't normally get too much into music, on the hot take show but i'll say uh bleachers i mean coming in last minute uh to replace roddy rich obviously uh bleachers crushed it tonight i mean uh i you know have a thumbs up to to everything that they did so great job to jack antonoff and, and everybody from bleachers um i will also say congrats to ego Wodem for her 200th sketch tonight which was the cold open so congrats to ego um that's a great milestone for a cast member in her first few years. So uh, awesome job. Okay, let's do our ratings. We do these out of 10. So I will go around the panel. I'll ask you for your ratings from the night. chat. I'll also ask you from your ratings. I'll try my best to read as many as possible. Oftentimes he's coming very quickly and I can't put them all on screen tonight, but I will try my best to read them out. Okay, Amanda, let me start with you. Give me your rating out of 10 for our first SNL of 2022.
0: I'm going to give it... A seven and a half, possibly, I could be thrilled we pushed it up into the eight category. It wasn't great, great, but considering what we were coming off of, yeah, that brings it, that <laughs> bring, it gives it two extra points just because of what we were coming off of. Like, it's all
2: relative, it's all yeah, relative. It's like yeah, if
0: I have to compare it, it, guys, we're going off of this, this the whole semester, and if I'm going off of the last midterm, yeah, you got a B plus. A, a solid 80 percent in this in this case yeah i would say seven and a half eight it wasn't it had some really great standout moments but a lot of it was a little bit too long and a little bit i just and that second half was was not was not great so
1: yeah And i'll and try half. and read these out yeah perfect and i'll try and read this out in between each panelist so uh bill says seven and a half out of ten uh nicole says 7.9 we have uh Ken, who says i probably give it a 6 out of 10 michael says an 8 out of 10 with chris Red as the mvp ichthala says 7 out of 10 ariana was such a light but the cast felt a little bit off all right haynes get, let's get your rating i admit i'm a little surprised at some of the ratings you're reading off already because
2: lots of the time i really kind of land in the zone uh with a lot of our uh listeners and a lot of our fellow uh you know podcasters i'm a little little below that today i kind of felt like this is like a 6.5 um i i yeah, like you know amanda's making a little bit of a face here um i like eight i i, I kind of couldn't believe that, that you were comfortable going quite that far um i
0: take the eight back i said a, okay. it's a solid seven and a half okay, the, eight, okay, okay. the eight i took back compared to, i don't want you to feel
2: attacked just it was because an i have a different compared opinion compared
0: to paul rudd it was an eight compared to paul rudd right 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 compared right right, right, everything else seven and, and a half
2: that, listen that is a, that is a great point like if if it's if it's all if you know it's all relative if we're if we're comparing it to last week yeah it's a million times better uh but to me yeah last like week or, or excuse me the last last episode last episode Where have um, you been <laughs> yeah yeah I'm busy um so uh to me but to me it was like a, yeah it was like a, it was like a 6.5 i'll give it a you know a, a c plus or something c c plus
1: okay um, okay, which is C. plus has got it. 6.5, um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, i yeah, got it. Um, a lot of things, slash, uh, Carlos in the chat says seven, but normally would be a six, but extra point because of the full episode. uh Lau Raj says uh, six out of 10 for this one. uh Jersey Luck, a little bit lower, says three out of 10. Very little work for me tonight. Felt like a party for theater kids, and he is not a theater kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Rusty says nine out of 10, opposite. Very Ooh. excited for next week with Will Forte, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and someone as, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Manskin. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out during the week, but uh, someone who's very into Eurovision, <laughs> he's excited for that. Um, I'll, I'll have to go rewatch the Daryl Hyman pronunciation of that one. Uh, Anthony, what was your rating out of 10? Seven and a half.
3: Um, yeah. For uh, Ariana DeBose, uh, fantastic, I think, for her to be like her first opportunity doing the show. Really got to show off some of the character work that she can do. Really great that we got to hear her like vocals and thought her monologue was really, really solid. Um, I thought that the opening of the show was really, really great overall, and yeah, just did not stick the landing the way that I wanted it to, but in comparison to most of the episodes from the season, and keeping in mind the last episode that we got, though that was not their fault, that was COVID's. Um, I would still say this is about a seven and a half. It's still solid overall. It still really showed what, you know, the, the cast and what the crew can do when they put together really, really solid efforts. Um, that family matter sketch is probably going to be like one of my favorites for the entire season. And yeah, it was just sharp. It was on time. It was, it was everything that you wanted it to be. So yeah, seven and a half. I think that it was, it was solid. It makes me really, really excited for next week. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be a bright spot in the overall season for sure um roller coaster rider says two out of ten funny urkel and nothing
1: else uh g cafe says five (laughs) five out of ten with a full point for bleachers fair enough uh nigel says no no dot sketches but nothing outstanding seven out of ten casey says lure out of ten uh ellis says seven out of ten bonus point for bleachers uh scott says i think it's an eight um so i I will say for myself i think uh, i'm probably gonna give us a six out of ten i think this is an above average episode i think this is a like there was a lot of good here the back half for me was probably uh one of my weaker back halves of the season um obviously uh it's hard to to watch the episode and not think about what's going to be happening next week and we're going to talk a lot on you know monday on the round table about the will forte episode so uh, i don't want to get into it too much here but i will say i want to give our panelists as a former cast member coming in for the first time i want to give our panelists an opportunity to just have a quick word on what we're going to see next week in chat as well if you want to give us your excitement for next week uh you please let us know in the chat your thoughts but uh, amanda i'll start with you thoughts on will forte coming in next week
0: I am so happy that my weird husband is coming back to this show. I have not watched Ru Gruber yet. It's actually on my list of things to do tomorrow while I wash my hair. Yes. Um, and I truly like, I, I love Will Forte so much and I'm so happy he's coming back. I was so happy to get that little blip of him and Seth Meyers from late night last month. So I, I just think it's, it's if Jason Sudeikis has, has been one of the best season episodes of this far, I can't wait to see what they what they hand over to Will Forte. Yeah,
1: one thousand percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Haynes, quick word on Forte coming in next week. I, I'm it, I'm almost speechless. Like how? What can you say? I, I,
2: it's so freaking exciting. I, I don't know where to begin. He's just produced so much quality content on SNL and off. Um, it, in everything he touches, I've never seen him fail. I've never not laughed at Will Forte. Like he's gonna rock this from top to bottom um i'm ecstatic i'm again i'm at a i'm at a loss for words you know some people kind of predicted this um you know with 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 mcgruber and um just it's just so great that this is finally going to happen i'm absolutely
3: thrilled
1: yeah for sure anthony your thoughts
3: I'm excited. I always love a good Homecoming episode. I love Will Forte. I'm in the minority that thought that the Gruber movie was actually very good. And I do enjoy the series mm-hmm. as well. Um, and like Andrew said, um, Will Forte, he delivers. He really comes through. He's a solid, solid comedic actor. Um, and yeah, who doesn't enjoy a Homecoming episode when you get to see an alumni come back? It's going to be so much fun.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I have to say, I mean, I, we'll talk about this more. But I actually thought this was never going to happen. I thought this was a dream, like uh, for me, because uh, really, uh, I know that they're like, I just never felt like he was fully appreciated by the show in the way that the fan community always appreciated him. And to, to show that they actually, like, yeah, I know that yeah, Peacock is the one that you know is the network that is now has MacGruber on it. But for me, like. I I was so surprised and so wonderfully delighted to see that they gave Will Forte a chance. To me, um, I was trying to think of like comparisons between former cast members that were like beloved and then never got a chance to come back and host. And I, you know, I think maybe to like Kevin Nealon or something from like the second golden era of the show. But um, you know, that that uh, cast that Will Forte was a part of, he's like pretty much the last one from his generation not to host the show. And I, uh, I will tell a very quick story. I know it's late, but I'll just say that uh, he came up to Just for Laughs in 2018 in Montreal, and I met Will Forte there, and. had a conversation with him and uh, i told him hey you're you're my favorite cast member you make me laugh more than anyone who's ever been on snl would you ever host the show and he said to me in a heartbeat i i would love to host snl it's the one thing that i dreamed about doing as a cast member on the show uh every week i was there i always thought what if i came back to host one day and i said do you think that you'll ever happen he says they haven't called me uh they haven't called me i don't know why they called all my friends they haven't called me And the fact that they called him now, um, I'm just so happy for Will Forte. So (laughs) I can't wait to get into it, to talk about it all throughout next week. And we'll continue our coverage of Ariana Debose first before we get into all that. But just very happy for Will Forte. Okay. Let's talk about what's coming up this week on the SNL Network. And like I said, we have a great roundtable coming up on Monday. And let me just say, if you haven't checked out our roundtables before, check out this one, because not only is it our Ariana's Bowes and Bleacher's Roundtable, but it is the 100th episode of the SNL Network on Monday night. We've gotten to 100
0: Congratulations! Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. And thank you to all the podcasters and all the listeners that have helped us get to 100 episodes. It will be a very special roundtable. We'll be tweaking the format a little bit. We'll be having some special guests pop in for this roundtable. So you're definitely going to want to be there to watch it. I think it'll be a very fun experience as we break down. We're still going to break down everything from Mariana Debose and Bleachers, but it'll be a fun celebration of the SNL Network as well. If you'd like to join us on Wednesday, we're going to be having our patron feedback show where we answer your SNL questions. We will have a Google form up on Twitter the day before, so just fill in those SNL questions, and I'll be live with two of our wonderful patrons, Matt and Ekmal, to answer those questions and talk about what's happening in social media. On Thursday, Rebecca and Nicole are back with Hollywood Dish. If you haven't checked out Hollywood Dish, it is a very fun show. You would have learned all about what's happening with Novak Djokovic, uh, you know, what's happening in Pete Davidson's life. A lot of fun stuff that's happening in pop culture. they talked about it on the thursdays before a new snl episode to be updated so you get all the jokes as you watch saturday night live and then in one week from tonight we'll be back here for the hot take show for will forte and musical guests manskin manskin the italian rock band i know Beggin. i know Beggin's a great song so uh, it'll be fun to talk through everything that we get to see from will forte's episode and i hope you will join us live next week okay Amanda Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Where can the listeners reach out to you?
0: If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Loch Ness Manda, the scary Scottish monster. If you want to go listen to my podcast, I host a podcast about America and Australia's next top model called America's Next Top Best Friend. And you can also read my work over at Refinery29. That's me. Bye.
1: Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Haynes, where can everybody reach out to you? I'm always on Twitter at uh, SNL has a
2: cast and uh, Instagram at uh, Candrew Attitude. I'm still proud of that pun.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> uh, Anthony, thank you for joining us, man. Where can people
3: reach out to you? I am at uh, Air Conway on Instagram. Best place to reach me at.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at John Schneider 24 on any platform. I always love to talk to all of the listeners and anybody who loves Saturday Night Live and uh, you know debate everything we get to see from the show. You can follow us at the SNL Network, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We're po- posting lots of fun content in 2022, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't subscribed tonight and you're checking out our podcast for the first time. Please make sure to subscribe and do that on either YouTube or any podcast platform you listen to the show to. All right. Thanks for joining us late live everybody. And if you're listening after the fact, appreciate you all. We'll have a good one and I'll see you on Monday night for our 100th SNL network episode. Bye everybody.